Good morning. <clears throat> I'd like to look at just, uh, oh, I think this is not the, uh, I had a, a verse from the Proverbs this morning. Um, I'm not sure I shared that this morning or not, but I'm going to look it up and go from there. And it is about children. I can find this quickly. Children obeying their parents. Proverbs 28, verse 24. This is the Living Translation. Sounds a little bit different, maybe a little bit less, uh, a little more innocuous, not quite as severe in King James. But in uh, Living Translation, Proverbs 28, verse 24 says, Anyone who steals from his father and mother and says, What's wrong with that? is no better than a murderer. Let me turn to, right now, go to Malachi. Malachi, the last Old Testament book, and read the last paragraph from Malachi, quickly. Malachi chapter 4. Mm, we can, uh, chapter 4 is very short. It's the last paragraph. Malachi chapter 4. The Lord in the heaven's armies says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture on the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 4, remember to obey the laws, the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I've given him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Verse 5, this is the part, <clears throat> look, this is the last two verses in the Old Testament before the 400 years of silence to the New Testament. Look. I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a, he didn't say like a judgment or a plague. He says, strike the land with a curse, a curse. Now, turn with me back to Exodus chapter 20. Okay, the 10, Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments are in chapter 20, starting in uh, verse 3. You must not have any other gods but me. No gods before me. Uh, verse 4, chapter 20, verse 4. You must not take the make for yourself an idol, and so on. No idols. Uh, the third commandment is in verse 7. You must not misuse the name of the Lord. Don't take the Lord of the name, the Lord of thy God, um, the Lord of the name, I'm sorry, the name of the Lord in vain. Verse, that's number three. Verse eight is um, number four of the Ten Commandments. Remember to observe the Sabbath day. Then number five. Now, on a scale of like moral importance, first you have the first three about the Lord and your relationship with Him, and then the Sabbath, and then comes your horizontal relationship with other people. You would think that uh, uh, life, you know, thou shalt not murder, 
would be the first one, but it's not. It is, verse 12, honor your father and mother, then your life will be long, long full life in the land of the Lord God gives you. So honor your father and mother. In other words, obeying your parents. Then comes, you must not murder. What I'm saying now is that if young people don't get honor your father and mother, and uh, you don't obey your parents, you're not going to obey any one of the Ten Commandments. Not one. Not one. If this one doesn't take hold. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Quickly. Got my file cabinet coming apart here. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read, skim through a bit of that. Romans chapter 1 and starting down in verse 24. Before this, just the paragraph before verse 24 is that no one was, it, no one is without excuse. Everybody can see and know that there's a God. Everybody in the world knows there's a God. God made us this way and creation reveals it. And then he goes, so down to verse 24, so God abandoned them. First time he says that, God abandoned them. And then you go down to verse uh, mm, let's just read this through real quick. Verse, verse 24, um, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile, degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded truth about God for a lie. So instead of what they knew to be true, even revealed by creation, they believed lies. So they worshipped and served things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them the second time to be their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural use to have sex, instead indulged sex with each other. And the men, instead having normal sexual relations with women, burned and lust each other. Men did shameful things with other men as the result of sin. They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Verse 28, since they, for, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them. Third time it mentioned. Now let's just go on, uh, oh, let's see, down to verse 30. They are backbiters, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. I'm not going to finish the realist. It's there. They disobey their parents. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. Quickly. I'm going to read just another, just a short paragraph. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is telling Timothy, you should know this, Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days it will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud scoffers of God. And what's this? Disobedient to parents. Ungrateful. They will consider things, uh, they'll consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, reckless, puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. And even acting religious. But they will be reject. They will reject the power of God that could make them godly. Um, stay away from people like that. So, 
that's that's all I wanted to read. These, uh, um, I feel like that we are now uh, seeing a generation of folks throughout our country that have not obeyed their parents. They are um, uh, for generations we have sown to the wind, and now we are reaping the whirlwind. I just uh, I was just listening to another podcast recently of uh, Seth Gruber, and uh, he's saying basically that even um, pro-abortion advocates at the top they are not denying. Uh, they're smart people. They're not dumb. They're smart people. They're not denying that life begins at conception. Because that's not even scientific. It's not even close. So they believe that life does begin at conception. And that life, uh, if you have an abortion, you're destroying an unborn child, a human being. They're not, they don't even deny that, the leadership. Now, what you hear on the media and people parroting on the media is what they tell folks. But this idea that uh, it's a woman's right to choose rings so loud and so near and dear to our hearts. After all, this is America. Everybody has, you know, their rights, right? So, so even though uh, it is life does begin at conception, it's still a woman's right to choose. Even though abortion kills an unborn child, pro-abortion is saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> a woman's right to choose trumps all of that. And so how should we be, you know, uh, uh, why should we be surprised that when kids grow up in a world like that, that if it's okay for mom to kill her unborn children, what's wrong with when children kill other children or grown-ups kill people? There is no respect for life, and it starts with honoring your father and mother. And since we have sown to the wind, we are now reaping the whirlwind. It's almost every week now, if not more, that we have a mass shooting. Well, how did that happen? Well, it didn't used to be like that. Well, you know, this freedom that we give ourselves to feel the way we feel, to believe whatever we want to believe. You know, if we want to believe that the moon is made of cheese, why... If someone says tells you the truth that it's a rock, you can be offended. You know, you could be really offended. Your feelings are deeply hurt, and you know you don't want to listen to that. So you know, like you keep the truth away from you. So, so that is the, the you know, the world that we live in today. Everybody has their rights, and uh, uh, <laughs> we are we are really really lost. So this um, this last admonition from the Lord in Malachi about Elijah coming to turn the hearts of children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Men are supposed to be the priests, the leaders, both morally and spiritually. Men are supposed to be the priests of their house. And instead, they're players, pretenders. They're just there. And, uh, you know, the, our culture has completely emasculated men morally and that, and that, uh, uh, they're only necessary for making babies, not even for that anymore. And so, and so they're just clowns instead of leaders. They're just yes men. Well, whatever you say. So uh, they're supposed to be priests. They're supposed to be providers instead of parasites.
that we have today. They're supposed to be protectors instead of, uh, um, what's that word, uh, predators. Uh, our world is full of male predators just looking for the next female to conquer. Full. So, so uh, in our world, it's all about me. And men have lost this position, just like Adam lost his position when uh, he let he was allowing Eve to talk to the serpent instead of uh, just uh, you know you know taking a stick and whacking that snake in the head like he should have. He didn't. He let her lead, and then she gives him this fruit, and here we are. So there's an answer. And the answer is in uh, the Bible. And the answer is that men need to love their wives, to be the priests of their home. Wives need to respect their husbands. And children, guess what? Obey their parents. And godly families is a rare, rare, rare commodity. Thank God that we have um, a Christian school here at uh, Grace and Truth, Brawley Christian Academy, where kids can come and learn the truth. Instead of, oh my gosh, what is disseminated in public schools? You see, uh, I was talking to somebody just the other day about Planned Parenthood trying to sneak into a Calexico school to teach their sex ed for free. We'll supply the curriculum. We'll supply the teacher. It's free. What a package deal. What a deal. And so the word got out and it's all foiled. And many of us showed up at the board meeting and just, you know, we like really excoriated the board. but. So what? So so Planned Parenthood fell there. So they said, "Forget this. Just go to Sacramento and call up our friends and tell them you take our sex ed and put it in the schools." That's what we've done. And so now we have, you know, it's just uh, it's basically child <clears throat> pornography as our sex ed because it's created. You can just look at it and look at the the sex ed that that um, Planned Parenthood created. Ten years ago, it's the same thing, identical, same thing, same little pictures and all that, and it's basically uh, child pornography. So, so uh, thank God for Christian schools. I was just with another Christian school putting out luminaries uh, Thursday, Friday, and uh, I told them the same thing. Man, you have no idea how lucky you are, kids. You know, I asked them when does life begin. They said conception. <laughs> so. Uh, I told him they had no idea how lucky you are being in a Christian school learning the truth. So uh, there is an answer. The answer is the Bible, the Word of God. And uh, we have uh, sown to the wind, reaping the whirlwind. This is happening in our country, uh, not only uh, morally, but uh, financially. I was just at a meeting yesterday about our our woes with our El Central Hospital. That is virtually broke. And uh, again, we have sown to the wind and now we're reaping the whirlwind. So God help, you know, the saints to be um, to stand up and be light in a dark, dark place. Salt holding back corruption wherever we are and giving out the word of God, the gospel, the good news that there's a way out of this condemned world that is going to be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ. So God help us to always do that, be mindful of that, wherever we are, 
and uh, to give some hope, uh, not for this world, but to give some hope to souls. Amen.